Greetings, rare ones. My name is Joanne, and I started the Rare Birds podcast because I wanted to hear from people like myself who come from emerging markets or the developing world, as we're called, who are entrepreneurial, resourceful, passionate, and energized to take their vision from idea to startup. Each week, you will hear me interview founders and teams from across emerging markets who are in the early stages of building their businesses. From time to time, you will also hear me speak with established ecosystem builders, mentors, investors, and business professionals who share knowledge based on their years of experience. This podcast is for anyone who is interested in hearing from the next wave of change makers across emerging markets, building in various industries from agro to tech to health, beauty, and all in between. This podcast is also for those who have ideas, but they're not entirely sure how to make them a reality. They're looking for inspiration and encouragement. We call ourselves Rare Ones. And if this sounds like you, then welcome to the family. Sit back, relax, and listen in to our always so good conversation. Bye for now. and welcome to the Rare Birds podcast and I am your host Joanne and we are back today with another episode and today this is a bonus episode for this season and today we are joined by Sienna Williams who is based in Accra, Ghana. Welcome Sienna to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's so great to have you here. So Sienna, tell us a little bit about about you. Who's Sienna? <laughs> Okay, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I am she quite starts a young... with a giggle. She starts, why did she start with a giggle? <laughs> that means it's a good story coming. That means you're going to tell us something good. Well, it means it's going to be quite intense. <laughs> Fun, I can't wait. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> well, I am a young lady. I started out quite a serious introvert way back in school. And during my final year in school, I came out to realize that um, there were certain things that if I don't take into consideration, it will, it will affect um, my future. I kind of got that realization very early. So right. I started off by realizing some of the mistakes that were around, well, no mistakes, but I realized that we had issues in getting people in my field. I was GIS. So I am known to be a GIS person. That's geographic information systems. is known as the technology aspects of geography. So right. I decided to take that um, field and kind of create a community for women in Africa. Nice. I realized that the mistake. So to, in some five years before, I would never have thought that I would come out to actually take advantage of um, technology to create a community for women. I didn't even know much about technology, though I was interested in it. I was interested in geography, but I did not know what I wanted to do with it. In Ghana, geography is not really um, considered as a very profitable field to get business or even to get profits or get money for your family. It's known to be a course for just teachers, but um, the teachers are not really well paid. Right. So I had an issue with my mom who did not want me to do geography. She wanted me to do science. I actually wanted to do science. Right. But the combination I wanted to do, my school did not have it. That's the high school. We did right. not have it. So I had to um, sacrifice doing science to do geography. 
And in the university, that's when I found the technology aspect of geography. And I decided that I needed to connect with more ladies in the field to know how um, the industry was for the field. So that's when I realized that um, there weren't a lot of ladies, or if there were, I couldn't find them. So that's when I started out with um, women in GIS Ghana. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to Chidema on LinkedIn. We met on LinkedIn. And she also had a community for women in GIS Nigeria. So that's when we came together, we're talking, and we realized that the conditions that um, pushed us to create our communities were very similar. And we realized that it could be the same for Africa. So that's when we decided to come together, combine our communities, and create the African Women in GIS, because we wanted to expand the whole world and kind of connect African women together. So that was one issue that we realized. And came together to solve that issue. So a bit about me around that story is, um, I was introverted, but to some extent, I was able to realize that I needed to come out and do stuff for myself to solve the problems I see around me. Because I realized that if you don't solve the problems around you, you can't wait for someone to do that for you. So you have to do it yourself. Sienna, so, I, want to ask, I want to quickly ask you something. You said sure. I was introverted. What does the word introvert mean to you? When you say you were introverted, what okay. does that mean? Yeah, um, I think my definition would be a bit different from the one in the dictionary. Um, it's more of me staying in my bubble. Um, I didn't want to pull my weight too much. I realized I could do certain things, but I just didn't want the attention. I did not want people to look at me. I did not want people to even notice me. I prefer to stay in the background. I realized that there were certain situations I could take up and I would have succeeded, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. yeah. But do you, is, that, is that introversion or is that just shyness? You were shy. Uh, it, is, it is shyness and introverted in a way that I wasn't really, I didn't enjoy the company of people. I did mm -hmm. not like to come out. I was always at home, indoors. In fact, it was so bad, a neighbor, a neighbor's parent actually asked me, won't I go out and have fun with my friends? And I did not have any correct answer for him because at the time, my friends, we could not go out. I mean, we're indoors all the time. They could go out with their colleagues, but for me, I just could not join them. I felt it to be not something I'm interested in. I prefer to stay indoors, read books, watch movies. I was not an outdoor person. So, yeah, I was really, really shy. Okay, good. Because I think sometimes these words, introvert, extrovert, we think sometimes that if someone is very talkative, they're an extrovert. But you can be a talkative oh. person and not like being out in stimulating environments. Yes. So, so my, for, for example, my definition of introvert and extrovert is it's essentially where you get your energy from. Do you get your energy from when you're in a quiet space by yourself, reading your book, or like with me, reading books, listening to podcasts, being in my own space? Or do you get your energy from going out to parties and going out to events and that kind of thing? So like, I don't like parties. I don't go to parties. I don't like, I don't like events. I only go to those things because I have to, because it's like work related, but I like talking to people, right? So I'm always yeah. wondering if I, where do I fall on this introversion, extroversion thing? So I, or if it's just a label, because I think we all have both of those in us. Like, I think you can be a party person and still like being by yourself. 
or get yeah. get your deepest inspiration and creative bursts when you're on your own. Like I don't get that when I'm around people. So yeah, I think there should be kind of some kind of system that can maybe you can say maybe I'm fifty percent, forty percent introverted and sixty percent extroverted. Like to kind mm -hmm. of give yourself the benefit of the doubt that you can be both because might just be a lower level of one as against the other yeah so it also it, it also depends on a lot of things you know it can change do you become a different yeah. person at different stages in your life it depends on exactly. who you're around the environment you're you're probably a different person with your close close friends than you are with in a professional or business environment so you were it sounds like you were just shy you just you were shy yeah, yeah. i was very shy <laughs> no nice. i was very Nothing wrong with being shy, but I'm glad you're out of your shy, your shyness now, and you're bringing yourself to the world. So finish yeah. telling us about how you, how how you um then became into 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 this role and what you're doing now. So I realized that GIS could be the foundation for so many sectors. When I was in my third year in university, um, I did some research before choosing the course, and I realized that this course can actually be the future because not only is it just the theory aspect of geography, but it also has a tech aspect. So if we could merge these two, we can definitely implement it in various parts of Africa, various sectors of Africa. Mm. So after my third year, I was mm. able to offer an internship in another com uh, company that had to do with GIS and software development. So I worked there for three months, sorry, two months. Then I was called back to have my one year service, which is an, uh, as a complimentary, sorry, as a compulsory um, service year for every graduate in Ghana, you're supposed to kind of serve the nation for one year. Right. You can have it in a private company, but they would have to pay the government for you. So I did that in the GIs and tech company. And after that, I was able to have more exposure because it was a, it was a startup. So I had to take up jobs like um, representing the CEO at meetings with clients. I had to take up program management um, roles. I had to take up project coordinator roles. Um, and I was also fundamentally doing my GIS things. That's making maps, um, doing a few data management um, work or tasks. So after my one year service, I left. I wanted to have more expo exposure mm -hmm. for GIS mm -hmm. business. So that's when I got the job at uh, Coca-Cola Beverages Africa, a subsidiary in Ghana, that's Volta Ghana Limited. Mm -hmm. And there I was serving as the GIS mapping specialist, mm -hmm. where I helped them to create uh, distribution routes to kind of create efficient distribution for their products. So at first, their business was fundamentally um, marketing and sales. They did not have a, a well-planned um, division for their territories and their area of work. So when I came in, I had to kind of create the foundation for the business in terms of how or their service areas. And from mm. that, I further divided it to create efficient routes that they each have it scheduled and then they can implement in their distribution strategies. So in a way, it kind of, it has reduced costs because it has reduced the number of um, stages that their distribution will have to go through. It has kind of reduced the number of disputes over territories. And it has given them a clear view of um, 
their service areas and with that with the collected data they can better make analysis based on location and that's more efficient because with that you can realize where your clients are where your highest uh, buying clients are as against people who might need um, a closer distributor or something like that so working there has also given me some form of more exposure i was new and they were also new to the system. So we both worked together, we both learned together. And with that right now, I can say that it's going to be very, very good for them. And with this, it's kind of like an awareness to show that other businesses can also implement this and benefit immensely from it. So that's one of the reasons why I created African Women in GIS Chidima. We wanted to have that platform where we can further expose the different ways in which our members are contributing to African sectors with right. their in various places. So that's why we have the Wednesday profiling, where we profile the ladies and we show the world what they do. And where yeah, they I see that. You do that on LinkedIn, right? Yes, LinkedIn and Twitter. You did on Twitter as well? Okay. Yes, we do. Brilliant. So yeah. tell us a little bit more uh, about the organization. What exactly do you guys do? It's called African Women in GIS, right? Yes. Okay, now you said you created this. I mean, it's just like all the other platforms that you have in science and technology. You created it for women because I guess there's a there's there's not many women in, um, in the field, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you created it to... Did you create the organization with your friend to... Um, to, to just feature women, to spotlight women? Like what's the main purpose and goal of, of the organization? Okay, we created this to kind of form a safe haven or like right. a community whereby women like us mm -hmm. could come together and express some issues that is related to people like us. Right. And especially mm -hmm. the fundamental GIS issue in Ghana, I mean in Africa, because it's not only women who face it, usually the, the guys who face it, but for the women, uh, we is more special to us because it's, it's a new is a new field, and usually the companies prefer to work with men for some reason, even if they get the women <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> yeah, reason. So you would see the man and the woman, but you realize that it's the men who are mostly getting more exposure yeah. as against the women. Yeah. So it's it's and it's also a field that doesn't have much awareness. So even some of the ladies do not know about it. They see it. And when I was in school, I had mates who saw it to be too difficult to feather. So it has to do with um, trying to make the course more uh, kind of um, easy to go to or uh, to create a career with. Because one thing we realized is me, for instance, I did not know which other woman to go to to ask about how it is for a woman in this field and all that. So when I created a community right now, we have members who can talk to other women. We have the mentorship program that allows them to get career advice and also have the exposure to resources that they can actually take up and do courses to further improve their portfolio. Because at first, as a woman who's lost, you don't have any community. You don't know what is going on in the industry. You don't know the jobs available. You don't know the resources you should study to kind of improve your portfolio because it is a specialized field. If you don't have, if you don't have that much, um, let's say, experience, especially with projects, as well as courses, you find yourself kind of stagnant in the career. So yeah. 
maternity is a, it's kind of like a safe haven to help ladies to find that one place where they can find all those informations that they need, all the information they need regarding their career growth and all that. So that's what our community does. It's just a safe haven for women in the same field to come mm. together and find mm. the things they need and interact with the people that can help them to grow. And why do why do that haven? Pardon? Why do women need that safe haven? You said it's a safe haven for women in the field. Tell us why why do you believe women need that? Like you talked about mentoring and they don't know what's going on in the field. Is it because it's all men in the field and the men don't talk to the women or what what exactly is happening in that industry? Well, that made, made you believe that you needed to create this. Yeah. So um, it has to do with finding someone who is similar to you. Mm-hmm. You can talk to the men, but they might not understand you because they are not women. There are certain things that are very critical or very, um, let me say, specialized for women mm-hmm. in terms of how mm-hmm. you kind of uh, get some form of advice concerning maybe you and your boss. There's something going on with you and your boss. It's kind of uh, a sensitive issue. So there are some sensitive topics that you cannot discuss with your male counterpart. You would have to talk to a lady who is also in a similar position, not similar position, but in the same career that can help you to get the right way to handle that situation. So uh, I'll say safe haven because um, usually if you have a room with men and women, you realize that uh, to some extent when the men start to talk, some of the women can be intimidated. Especially Mm -hmm. in Africa, where we have been taught that the men are the head of the family. Mm -hmm. It makes it automatically, it makes uh, African women automatically give the platform to men. Mm -hmm. Because we feel that, well, (laughs) they are kind of in a higher place or they they can take up the head, they can take up the top positions. Because innately, I don't know, but in cultural sense, it kind of affects how we think about certain things. So we might feel more intimidated uh, in a field with men as against in a field with women that we can actually relate with, talk about our issues with, kind of understand the industry properly with them. Because they are fellow women like us that are also in the same African sense, in the same African culture. So it's much more easier to get better understanding and advice with your fellow women. I think it's really interesting what you just said about culture. You said that, okay. uh, you said African culture. I don't know if you're talking about all of Africa or if you're talking about Ghana, but you said okay. that the, the man is the head of the household and that also, that, that leaves the home and that then translates into the work environment. So when mm-hmm. women are at work, they also assume that position of the man is the head and, and they don't assert themselves and they don't speak and they don't, you know, talk etc is that is is that the case is that what you're trying to is that what you yes, did, so I, that, did i accurately summarize that yeah so that kind of mindset happens to some women mm-hmm. um it's usually for those who are beginning in the career especially when they don't really have they don't really know what to do or how to kind of grow in the career because it's kind of new so people don't really know how to build themselves in the career so usually if you find yourself as an intern in a company mm-hmm. with grown people who are doing GIS, if you don't find a lady that you can see who is also actively um, taking, taking part in the project that you are 
interested in, you might feel a bit reluctant unless you are innately kind of motivated on your own. You can motivate yourself to take it up and try and be the first woman in the company or something to get to that kind of level. Mm-hmm. So it has to do with the individual woman. But mm-hmm. as I said, for that scenario, it only happens to a few women. Some right. women have right. that, um, those thoughts, but there are others who can come out of that kind of mindset. They're confident. Yeah, yeah they're confident. Exactly. That's the word. They can be confident enough to speak up and to take up certain positions and to actually um, call the shots. So that's why that community is there to kind of help the ladies to build their confidence in a way, especially when they take up the mentorship sessions, when they have the one-on-one with women who are a little older in their career path, they mm-hmm. can get some more tips on how to, maybe if they're having issues in the office, to talk to the boss to help them to understand something. They can have some tips from their mentors to help them to know how to approach their bosses to explain the situation to them. Because that's another issue with people like us. Um, we are specialized people, so sometimes the places we work, the people don't know how we work and they don't, they don't understand our job. All they know is that they need you to come and do something for them, but they don't completely understand how you're going to make it, uh, get it done for them. So if you are trying to communicate a problem concerning that project with your work, it's a little difficult to get them to understand. So a place like our community, you can come and express your problem, or you, if you have a mentor, you can talk to her about it and she can help you to take that up. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Okay. So what are the initiatives do you guys, do you guys take on in, in African women in GIS? Okay. So, um, currently what we we are trying to do is to create as many, uh, collaborations with some organizations to have projects with them. So -hmm. currently we have two projects to help, especially during the, um, the lockdown, we realized that some of our ladies, some of them were laid off, some of them were just sent home and they needed to kind of build their skills during the lockdown. So we were sharing a lot of resources and we had a collaboration with Ibiza. So Ibiza Watchers is um, an organization that helps to assess satellite imagery to act as a proof for insurance for farmers. Yeah. So we had a collaboration with them whereby some of our members have joined their volunteers group to help them assess the farmlands. So that's one project they can add to their portfolio. We also have another one with here Technologies where we are doing digital mapping. It's a digital mapping program for their, um, their maps. So we are, the ladies who have joined their project, uh, sorry, the projects are helping them to update their maps. So yeah. these projects yeah. can be added to their CVs. And that's what we'd like to encourage the ladies to do, to take up these kind of courses, to form collaborations with organizations so that they can better add more resources or more content to their portfolios. So right. this and providing jobs, the ladies share jobs on the platform for other members to benefit from. We have uh, one of our members who got an opportunity to do a PhD from one of the links that was shared on the group. So nice. it's kind of like a share, yeah, give and take. It's a platform where we can just pour in resources. If you're interested, you pick, then you can take it and benefit from it. So it's an open place for any, anyone at all to come and benefit from, especially yeah. African women. Yeah, for sure. Now, where where do you see, um, where would you like this to go? I know you have a co-founder, Ohima, right? 
Chidema Umebu. Oh no, okay, there was somebody else I spoke to. I spoke to so many of you guys. <laughs> uh, you guys, you got a big team. That was, okay, yes. there was Joy. Okay, awesome. Yeah, Joy. There were quite a few ladies that I spoke to, all of you, so lovely and so nice. And um, finally we got here. But yeah, so you and your, your co-founder, what plans or ideas, initiatives do you have for the future? Do you want this to become an institute? Do you want it to become a, a, a business? What would you like, a non-profit? What would you like it to become? Actually, I think for now, we'd like to start with a non-profit mm -hmm. because we want to create more exposure for GIS. And we'd also want to get a lady to have that confidence and also motivate upcoming ladies to take up the build. So for now, we also have the idea of setting up some form of recruitment site on our upcoming website so that it will encourage the ladies or kind of help them to get jobs, especially if any organization needs a specific lady in their, okay, a specific um, individual to kind of help them with their projects. We have on our website, we'll have the site page where the profiles of our members will be showcased according to their consent. Uh, so nice. that anybody who needs someone in a specific field, their fields will be indicated. So if you need someone in, let's say, urban planning, you would have a hair profile there so that you can contact her. If you need someone as a contractor, sorry, to contract someone for a project, you can come on our website and get access to someone like that. So for now, we want to start by creating a recruitment site on our website for the ladies who need jobs or who need projects to take up. And we also, in the future, want to go to schools and create outreaches to the school. So we have a few members who are willing to go out to schools and companies to do presentations. We are going to support them in doing that. So that's mm -hmm. the NGO aspect. Hopefully in the future, we can become a huge organization where it's, it's going to be a really big deal. We are hoping to collaborate with other um, big GIS um, organizations who can help us with projects to handle around all, all over Africa. So, yeah, we definitely are going to be big in the near future. Wow, I like that. You're definitely going to be big. That's cool. So, um, you, one of the things you said to me that you're very passionate about is young people and technology, right? So, yes. why is that something that you're passionate about, Sienna? Okay, personally, I realized that um, when I was in school, there were a few people who were aware of how the world was outside school. Most of us did not know that it was going to be so tough. So it's, uh, I realized that some of the people who left school, it took a really long time for them to get jobs. So I took it upon myself that um, the little I learned during my service, I realized that LinkedIn was actually a very good platform to kind of showcase your work and I also realized that you also have to take up volunteering work. Because when you're in school, I don't know, for some people, for me, for instance, yeah. I, was, yeah. and I was more engaged in sports and um, my, my lessons yeah. and church. So I did not really take myself out. And I realized mm -hmm. some of the ladies who, some of my friends who were mostly in, in their own little spaces, we didn't really go out. We didn't really, we go, we go for seminars, yes. But we don't 
um, practice what we learn over there. Just a few people actually go out of their way to engage with companies and organizations to get certain kind of um, exposure to the working world. But for some students, we are mostly keeping to our tight circles, having fun. We don't really know how the world is outside. Yeah, because so school, because ac academia, that. unfortunately, is not a reflection of the real world. Yes. So what exactly. you find is that you're a student, but you, you don't operate in the real world. And then when you get in yes. the real world, you don't know how to operate because you've been a student. So there's yes. this huge disconnect exactly. where schools just aren't preparing young people for, for the world. And that's a big, big yeah. problem. Because most schools yeah. are outdated. They're outdated. They're based on old models that don't even apply to today. So you guys didn't have apprenticeships and internships and that kind of thing. It was just focus on school, study, and that's it. Yeah. Okay, for me, I took up a few internships while I was in school, but others did not. I have friends who their first work experience is their national service, and that's because it was compulsory. Yeah. So <laughs> it's an issue. And people do not know that you can actually get jobs by just showing what you can do especially online. People don't know about LinkedIn. They don't know that that's a virtual business world. They don't know how to utilize it. People don't know how to develop themselves because when they come out of school, it's like they are basically a newborn baby. They have to now try and figure out how to fit into the working world. But if they had known or they, were, they came to understand why they should know certain things when they are in school, I think that will better cushion them before they come out. Because I have friends who I learned coding with, and they got very big jobs even before they came out of school. So if mm. you've got to know that if you can study certain courses or certain skills that can complement what you learned in school, it will really help you to come out. Because most people, when they come out of school, well, I wouldn't say most, but some people, when they come out of school, they do not go into jobs that are related to what they did in school. They usually go into jobs that are so unrelated to what they did. And oh, some yeah, of them all have the time. To learn oh, yeah. before. Yes. They have to learn. Sorry. That's okay. Sorry about that. I track that That's all right. This is real life from Accra. Real life from Accra, Sienna. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So people have to learn how to start from scratch whenever they come out. And that's a problem. If you could teach them to kind of build something for themselves before they come out, especially branding themselves for what they actually need. It's very possible that they will find jobs that are related to things that they are actually passionate about. And that can easily make them enjoy their jobs and better perform. So I like to talk about self-development. I like to um, teach the youth to adapt LinkedIn. I always do a lot of LinkedIn talks to help mm -hmm. them, the youth to understand why they should use LinkedIn. I had a friend who he said he's a very big person in the AI industry in Ghana, but for some reason he was never called for any important AI related project with any international organization that came to Ghana. It was another friend of his that was being called. So I was on LinkedIn and I knew his other friend. So I realized that you know, his other friend is usually very active on LinkedIn. He shows what he can do. And because of that, he gets more exposure. So I told him he has to be more active on LinkedIn. Not yeah. only yeah. engagement and sharing posts, but in updating your profile with the most recent things you are doing with pictor uh, sorry, pictorial views, like pictorial um, proof. So I like to say that 
LinkedIn is like your virtual extension of your CV. That's where you show with pictures what you can do with pictures, where you work with videos and links to things that you're accomplishing. It's, it's LinkedIn that you can show the other part of yourself. If you're having a part-time job, that's where you can show it. If you need investors to build your business, that's where you can create an impression or even share your portfolio to get the interest of potential investors who can be within Africa or outside. So right now we are we have the internet, we can use it to help ourselves to even get jobs without even moving from the house to even establish a CV in any company. So I try as much as possible to make people understand that these are real life issues, especially the youth who don't really feel threatened because they're in a bubble right now. So they may not see what is going on outside. But I had a personal experience, someone very close to me really suffered to get a job after school. It took him about three years before wow. he could seek a much stable job that was paying his taxes and his Yes, is that because that there aren't a lot of jobs or what was the reason behind that or his job search well, like what was what was what was wrong what was the problem yeah i think it had to do with um uh <laughs> to be honest it was it was very confusing because any company that he sent his cv to he was never called back wow any, that's yes. rejection but that's so, okay rejection is a part of it yeah, it is a part of it. So he had to just start from um, a shop, you know, work in the shop to kind of get some activity on the side and also earn some money. So it has but to did they with... tell him why they were rejecting him or was it just, no. and did he ask? Because you know, you, you can ask and they'll tell you what's wrong so that you can okay. improve. I'm not too sure whether he asked, but I know they didn't tell him. <laughs> so <laughs> oh I, 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 oh, when guy. I saw that, yeah, <laughs> when I saw that, it actually scared me. And I was, mm. So when I was in school, I was actually quite scared about what can happen to me if I came to school and didn't get a job because I did not want to stay with my parents for too long. I wanted to go out and rent my own place after a while. So I wanted to, as much as possible, get some source of money after school. Mm-hmm. So I think that those were one of the reasons why I started to think around trying to come out do things before I get um, stranded somewhere. Right. So sometimes if you see someone closer to you who is suffering or who's ahead of you and you've seen how the person suffered to do something, in a way, it, it kind of wakes you up. It's, well, for some people, some people still don't see it, but for some people, it wakes them up. It makes them even, as I say, quote, hustle harder. So yeah, yeah. Every life is one big hustle. Yes. They don't teach you that in university though. They don't at all. So you have to be more aware of your surroundings, aware of opportunities, know where to go and search for opportunities because the opportunities are there. It's just that people do not know how to look or where to look. People don't know how to get their message out, how to show what they can do. So sometimes if you get the opportunity, you can talk to someone to encourage the person to come out. You can use your social media to do that. You can even use Instagram to get a job. Anything at all that you can show your skill out, you can use it to definitely build yourself. So I'm just happy that right now a lot of people have taken entrepreneurship journeys and they are also actively using the internet to build their businesses. 
another thing I'm happy about is that some students have started their entrepreneurship journeys in school. Well, it was a thing, but it wasn't so um, in a higher number. But right now, I see a lot of students taking advantage of the programs in school, programs outside, taking up contracts and being called to do certain services outside their school hours. So I always say that if you are even a night five worker, mm-hmm. try and get a hassle. Try and add so, something to yourself. Yes, a second source of income. So that you can maybe save your salary and be spending the second source of income money. So that you now you're talking, Sienna. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a very big advocate for second hustle. Yeah, you need <laughs> multiple income streams, right? You need yes. to be making money in, in all sorts. You also have to come out and show what you can do. If you're getting speaking opportunities, take that into consideration to build your brand. So personal branding is a, it's a very big issue. I like to teach people to take up. Yeah. So personal branding is and your multiple streams, streams of income. So these that are some of the things I like to add. It's important not to silo yourself, right? Just because yes. you work as a doctor or a solicitor or an engineer or an architect exactly. or whatever, doesn't exactly. mean you can't take up graphic design or learn photography or exactly. host your own podcast or yeah. you know, design websites for people. Like You don't have to be this one-dimensional person that's so focused on one yeah. thing that you, yeah. you limit your opportunities in the world. It's good. Multi-potentialites multi are always interesting. More, much more interesting people, I think. But that's just a personal yeah. opinion. Yeah, so even recently, I started thinking about the fact that because of corona, you realize that a lot of contact-related um, jobs and services had to be cut off. So I started thinking about ways in which people can actually make money, even though something like that is happening. So I started realizing that to add to that, apart from getting a side hustle, yeah. If you can't get yeah. a side hustle that does not have to do with anything with contact. Mm-hmm. So if you are doing, let's say, um, a minor, um, let's say, um, a beverage um, in Ghana, we have people who do breakfast cereals. So if you have that business, you can collaborate with uh, a delivery company who mm-hmm. can be doing the deliveries for you instead of having it in your shop in front of your house. So I started thinking about also the way people can be making money despite the fact that you cannot go out so that's another thing i wanted to start adding to whatever i teach people that try and look for a technology way or a more contact way to do some business that you want yeah so i i love that message so how do you how do you inspire young people with with this message? Like, do you do talks? Do you do sessions, yes. do you hold events? Can you tell us a bit more about what you do? To- yes, so if you check my LinkedIn, I've actually added an experience as an advocate speaker. I like to yeah, talk about PIS, women in STEM, and self-development. So I get called for talks, yeah. which are not paid. <laughs> That's okay. To, yeah. become a paid speaker. Oh yes, this is a, a learning. You gotta start. You gotta that. start somewhere, right? And then you exactly. develop. Yeah. Exactly. So it is a learning step for me that I'm really enjoying. I love to talk to people to nice. help them, to motivate them, to give them tips because that is one thing that I wish I had when I was in school, but I never got. And but luckily, I realized it early in my life before it got too late. So. 
it's something that whenever I get a chance, whenever people reach out to me to talk, I'm always open to talk, as long as it's related to topics that I am well-versed in. So that is something that I'm actively doing. And I have even another talk coming up this, um, this Saturday, the 15th, to talk about mentorship for the youth. So these are some of the opportunities that I really love to get and talk about. And I'm always open to them. Nice. So Sienna is no longer the shy girl. <laughs> yes. Yes. She has blossomed. People see me and they'll be like, oh my God, Sienna, is this you? People mm -hmm. see me. Of course. I'm so shocked. My classmates are so shocked I because mean, I was always keeping to myself. Yeah, but that's life. You're, you were a little girl then. You're a woman now. You're, you're, we are, as women, we are allowed to evolve and be different people as human beings generally. Exactly. You know? Sometimes you, yeah. you had a friend in school that was always loud and rambunctious and cantankerous. And then you see them married with children and they're like a completely different person. That's life. Yeah. That's yes, life. Very true. Very that's true. life. So that's great. And I think you've evolved in a way that you've found your purpose and you're bringing that to the world. And I'm sure with time, yeah. there'll be more evolutions to Sienna, yeah? Yes. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. So mm -hmm. Sienna, where can we, where can we find you? Do you, is there a web, like your person, I know you're into personal branding and then the work that you do with GIS and you also have a, your own day job, right? So you got your full-time day job as well. Yes. So before you tell us how to find you, so how do you manage all of these things that you do? Do you use like tech tools or do you just, are you just really disciplined? Especially now in this <laughs> age of stay at home, lockdown, how do you, how do you stay on task? Wow. Okay. So currently the work um, I'm doing, I don't stay at home. They've called us back to the office, okay. but I like to keep my Mondays to Fridays for only work. Um, it's after work that I take up um, handling my community with my co-founder. If you have any meetings, we have it on scheduled days. Um, the side gigs I like to do that's teaching LinkedIn and taking up side projects. I push most of them to weekends on Saturday, I'm sorry, in the afternoons. So I kind of have to um, consciously <laughs> arrange and assign days and times to certain things I'm doing. If it becomes too much, I kind of um, have to cross out some of the things I do and finish up with the first part that needs to be finished before I move on to the next. So I like to always keep a checkbox list with me so that it can be i can kind of help myself keep track of things mm. and assign it to days mm. and that helps me but i try to keep as much as um just a few things per time so that i don't get too overwhelmed because there was a time i was getting overwhelmed i had to attend events take events gis events almost every weekend and it was getting too much so i tried to reduce the number of things i did on the weekend so that i could get time to also do some work at home and other things. So it's it's a, it's a learning process. As you grow, more things keep coming. So you have to always revise your plan and how you manage your time. You pick the things you know you really, really need and then right. have to sacrifice the things you don't really need. So yeah, it's a continuous learning process. Brilliant. <laughs> Good. That's good. So where can we find you, Sienna? And where can we find African women in GIS? If there's anybody that's listening in and they want to, to, to find your platform or join or tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend, where can they find you? 
Yes, so personally, um, I am on LinkedIn 24-7. I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter, <laughs> I'm on IG. I'm yet to have my personal website as well as... Coming, my it's coming. Website. Tell people it's coming. Yes, it's coming. Yes. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Hopefully by the end of this year. Mm-hmm. And African Women in TIS um, website is also upcoming. We'll share it on our social media platform. So you can find us on LinkedIn, uh, African Women in GIS on LinkedIn, and on Twitter at Africa Women in GIS. That's small letters, at Africa Women in GIS. And for my personal LinkedIn, that's Sihana Lena Williams, uh, C-Y-H-A-N-A, Lena, L-E-N-A, Williams. Then you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at Sihana underscore Williams, small letters. So, yeah, I think that's about it for me and for African Women in GIS. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us, Sianna. It was wonderful to hear your story and your evolution and to hear about what you're doing with African Women in GIS. And we wish you continued success. And, uh, yeah, we, we hope to see more of you in the platform as we progress along. So until Thanks. next... Yes, it was a real pleasure. So until next time, folks... Bye for now. Hey there, rare ones. I hope you enjoyed listening into this week's conversation. The Rare Birds podcast is available for listening across all major platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Anchor, and several more. Please share our conversations with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can do so by opting in on our homepage of our website, www.rarebirdshq.com. The weekly newsletter provides analysis and data around the topics explored in our weekly conversations. Lastly, I would love your feedback and spend way too much time on Twitter. My handle is included in the notes section of each episode. Tweet me your thoughts, ideas, opinions, and feedback because I'm always looking for ways to improve my craft. If you absolutely love what you heard, then rate us on your favorite podcast platform. See you next week for more conversation. Bye for now.